We're going to have a Father's Day project outside after church, so if you want to participate, we're going to build a mini ark, um, just in case it doesn't stop raining here in uh, northern Ohio here. Man, it's been a crazy time, but uh, blessed time to spend together, so thanks for taking time out of your busy week. As Pastor Dallas says, it's a unique group of people that are here today that will probably never be exactly the same as it is right now. So we're glad you're with us today. I pray that God's got something special for you here today and that you'll be blessed by being a part of it. So Pastor Dallas and I were together on some calls this week and uh, working on a few different things a couple different days throughout the week. And uh, we were traveling, and during one of his stops between a hospital call, he needed a Diet Coke. Um, it was really out of the ordinary for him. And as we went through the drive-through and, and we're driving back on the road, we started talking about today's service and about Father's Day. And he said, Ben, did you know that Father's Day is one of the more difficult days on people in our country, second only to Christmas? And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, there's... There's so many hurts within the families today. There are, there are fathers that have went on, they've passed. There are fathers who um, haven't been the father they should be. There are fathers that have unplugged from the family. There are children who have unplugged from their fathers and gone astray. And I kept thinking about that, and I was like... Father's Day really can be a very difficult day for people. And I'm sure some of you here today are experiencing that too. So the Lord impressed upon me an amazing story. And it happened to one of our dear friends and her father, um, Denise. And, uh, you know, I asked her if she'd be willing, if we could share it with you today, just a little bit of it. And uh, she said she would. So, uh, listen to Denise, and we'll talk through a little bit of her and her dad's journey here a little bit together. Thanks, Ben. Hi, everybody. If you could just pray for me not to cry, because I get emotional. I was undone last week when I found a chipmunk in my pool. So that's where we're coming from, okay? Okay. So I know there's a lot of stories out there with everyone's dads. We all have one. Um, the whole gamut from the most amazing dad, which I know a lot of you sitting out there, um, to the ones who struggled a lot, and a lot of them for good reason. We can't judge that because we don't know where they came from. And some of us do know where they came from. But I'm just gonna tell you my story. I know each of us could get up here and tell our own. Um, but this is close to my heart, and it's a privilege to be able to, to uh, share with you. Um, just, um, like I said, pray that I don't blubber like an idiot. Um, so, like a lot of people, my dad um, decided to um, leave his family when I was two years old. My brother was, oh, how old was he, five or six? Um, he was in a band, and that's a very tempting um, job to do. Uh, I get that. And he was tempted one too many times, and he fell for that temptation. Um, so he decided to follow that path um, at that point in his life. Uh, he was young and dumb, and, 
and where that took him next was a really hard road. Um, and and um, so he ended up leaving. I was two. My brother was six. Um, and then years came, followed, you know, the visits randomly. Um, he was busy, and he didn't really hold up his end of the bargain, uh, as per usual. Um, so that led to probably, um, oh, I don't know. I didn't feel anger growing inside, but it, but it definitely was. There was that seed of bitterness that was growing um, all along. The way me and my brother dealt with it was we'd joke about it. Um, or we'd be sarcastic. You know, someone would be talking about their dad, and we would joke and be like, oh, remember when dad used to take us to the park? Oh, no, yeah, I don't either. You know, just like funny things, because that helps people deal with their pain, um, and I see that now. Um, but m this story is not a story of abuse. Um, and I know you guys, a lot of you have that. It's not a story of horrible arguments, um, screaming, fighting, nothing like that. Um, but more so a story of absence and indifference. And I think both can have a huge impact in a child's life. Um, yeah, I'd get the phone calls on my birthday, you know, the drunken calls. Pretty much he was batting 100 on that almost every time he was drunk. And he would talk about weird things. And it made me uncomfortable. We talked to maybe twice a year. Um, I didn't have many feelings for him. Um, as the years were going on, I was growing colder and um, more indifferent to him, um, but not realizing it. Um, as the years went, I started caring less and less. Uh, there was the broken promises, um, the things he would do. I would lose respect for him. I knew he was my dad, and um, so there was that. But everything else, he was falling short at, and I was getting angrier and angrier. Um, so that's just a quick snapshot uh, of where I was. And you know, I didn't even realize it. Um, he was just the, the guy that lived in another state because now he moved to St. Louis to follow his dream of music. Um, and, well, I guess he found that for a little bit, so that's good. <laughs> um, but then I uh, fast forward to December 2014. Um, it was Christmas, and I'll never forget this call I got. Um, it was from a lady that he'd lived with telling me, um, your dad's really sick, he is uh, not doing so hot. Uh, we think he's drunk again, they were taking him to the hospital, um, doesn't look like he's going to make it. And there was a lot more detail she shared with me that I'll spare you, but um, my first thought, and this is terrible, I was Sister Christian singing every Sunday, um, giving people advice um, on how to love and forgive and yada yada. And my first thought when I got the phone call about my father was, um, I hope they do something with his body when he dies so I don't have to deal with it. Um, that's where I was. Um, and at the time, I still didn't realize what a horrible, cold, stone heart I had for him. Um, sorry. So after about a week or two um, of praying, you know, he's in, his, in the hospital, hooked up to machines. Uh, he has a trach in. He can't talk. His body's swelling. He looks like he's on his deathbed. I had a talk with my brother, who was even more 
um, angry and bitter than I was, just for the absence of him. Um, again, he didn't do horrible things to us. He was a kind, gentle man. But just the lack of him being there left a huge hole um, that no one else could fill. Anyway, so me and my brother had a talk. And we decided, hey, we should probably go see him before he dies. Um, isn't that the right thing to do? <laughs> uh, I didn't know what I would say. I'd go down and I'd hug him and I'd pretend to love him because I didn't feel love for him. It would be an act for his sake, not for mine. And I thought the right thing to do and what they tell us is to honor our father and mother. And sometimes that's a really hard thing to do when they haven't earned it. They've not earned it. But it doesn't say to honor them if they earn it. And that's the hard thing. Um, so we did. We took that step. And we drove down to St. Louis 10 hours in January 2015. And um, little did I know, that was the first step um, toward my healing and to his. Um, ben, you want to go ahead and jot that, read what I jotted down? So Denise began to journal. She'd write things out what was happening with her dad, how she was feeling. And uh, on February 28th of that 2015, I believe, she wrote, now we pray no infection and continued improvement, hopefully. I guess it's possible that some people just don't get any better and they stay in this state until their organs begin to fail. I'm so living with regret that it took something like this to bring us closer. I hate that he has limited time left. Wasted years. Ugh. Thanks, Ben. Um, so we continued to go down after that first visit. Um, well, let me back up to the first visit when I didn't know how I'd respond or how I'd feel when we went in there. And he was laying in his bed hooked up. Um, I just went in and held his hand. Um, he was a, a, awake enough to be able to respond by lifting my hand up and kissing it, and I thought that was sweet. I was like, oh, that was nice. Um, we visited for maybe two hours. Then we turned, uh, turned around and we drove home 10 hours. Um, little did I know that was just like a teeny softening. I didn't realize it. It was like the Grinch. Remember when it, his heart would grow a little every time? Mm, that must have happened. Um, me and my brother decided, you know what, we should probably kind of over, oversee his, you know, how he's doing. Maybe it'll help if we continue going down. We went down for the next four months every other weekend. God spared us from all these blizzards that were happening, and it was crazy. Um, during that time, every visit, I felt a little more for him, not so much for what he was doing, um, but what God was doing in my heart. Um, and again, I didn't super realize it at the time. I just knew I started to care a little bit. It's like, what's happening? Like, I started caring. It was amazing for the first time, and I don't even know, ever. 
Um, so we came to a point where they were telling me he's probably going to die. Okay, he would come and go, ups and downs, all that. It was a huge journey. Uh, a lot of miracles happened, little ones, and then some big ones. Um, but they told me I needed to start preparing for end-of-life decisions with him. Um, and I was just frustrated. I had never prayed so much for him my entire life. Um, I'd always prayed that he'd come home eventually, and I felt empty without him around. Um, but that was when I was younger, and then I gave up on that prayer. So anyhow... Um, I was driving one day, and I heard an ad on the radio talking about a place in St. Louis, um, and I don't know if I wrote that down. Um, here it is. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was a place down in St. Louis that um, was huge, known for outreach, and they would visit people in the hospital, and, and I was desperate. I reached out to them, and I called. I go, this is crazy. I know. I don't know you, but would you mind going and praying for my dad? He's in room 127 at this inner city hospital, downtown St. Louis, um, which was another horrible story, but and the guy agreed to. He was a pastor um, at this place, and I'm, the name's escaping me. Um, so... He went down and prayed that day, and he texted me and said, I prayed over your father. He was out of it, but I know God was still working. Um, at this point, my dad's arms were like this. He couldn't move. He couldn't do anything. He was stiff, whatever. Um, two days after that prayer, I get a call that says, um, something crazy's happening. <laughs> we thought it was the wrong patient. He said, we got up that morning. Your dad was attempting to brush his teeth and comb his hair. such a miracle. Amen. Um, that was the beginning of him waking up and coming back physically and possibly coming back spiritually, hopefully, I thought. Um, he continued to get better. Long story short, too late. We found a, a place that's a charity, um, Grace on Wings, that was able to fly him home. Uh, that was a whole other miracle that happened, that that happened like it did. We flew him home, um, starting to improve, but still on his deathbed. He had C. diff, pneumonia, everything you could have in a hospital. Um, but they flew him here. He came to a long-term care facility in Akron. Um, we started having a relationship. Um, we began talking. He couldn't talk. He had a trach. I did the talking, and he would shake his head and smile, and he would write. And he started waking up. I started getting to know my dad. Um, and one amazing day in April, it was April 4th, um, 2015 or 16, I'm forgetting, uh, Dallas decided to go for a visit and see him. Um, and later that day, I get a message on my cell phone that's Dallas with his broke up voice saying, Denise, I had a talk with your dad and he accepted Christ. Um, Amen. Wow. Amen. I didn't have words, I came undone. I thought, God, man, how cool is that? Um, that we had to get to this point for him to come back to you. Um, praise God for that. 
I still do every day. Um, and I know not everyone's journey is the same, and the dad, their dad doesn't always come to Christ. Um, but in this case, he did, and it was like I was dreaming. Um, so thankful for that day and for Dallas taking the time to go visit and talk to him. God put that on his heart, and he was obedient and did that. And how amazing. Hmm. Um, again, we began getting closer and closer. We got to a point where, at one point, my mom and him and my brother were sitting in a room in a hospital, and they began talking about the past. He said the words, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you and the family. All these things I dreamed of, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, could it get any better? I longed for that since I was a little girl. Hmm. He was always that, that missing puzzle piece in my life that I tried to fill with, you name it. It was my dad. How cool was that? One more step of healing um, with me, my brother, my mom, him and my mom sitting there talking. Are you kidding? She hated him. Huh. It's just God. This is what God can do. Um, were you supposed to read something else? <laughs> I forget where. No, that's good. So, um, you know, something Denise wanted to share from her journal that I thought was important. You know, it said she prayed all the time, and then she began to pray more and more. And there were a lot of times where it just didn't look good. You know, she didn't know if her dad was going to heal. She didn't know if he was going to have that opportunity that Dallas walked in and shared the gospel and he accepted the Lord. She didn't know one of those things were going to happen. And she said, sometimes when you're so busy looking for God in a situation, you'll miss him because he's standing so close. And he really does bring beauty from ashes. And it ain't even over yet. Just had to share. I love you, friend. Have a good Thursday. Have a good day. Thank you. Um, so I guess I'm just trying to say... Um, my whole life, I was waiting for my dad to take that step and come toward me. Here's my dad. Like, that's what dads are supposed to do, not the kid. Um, they're the big, strong ones that, you know, God gives to us that are supposed to lead us, right? They're supposed to be the ones showing us what to do. We're not supposed to show them what to do. That's backwards. That's upside down. I won't do it. I was stubborn about it, um, and I refused. And I held my ground, and look where that was getting me. It wasn't getting me anywhere, nowhere good. But darn it, it's not my job to do it, it's his. That was my stance, my whole life. Um, so that as I'm visiting with him, visiting him, not realizing me, my softening, not realizing God was helping me love him, um, it, it all comes back to that first step um, of obedience that I took. It's not, oh, look at me, because I didn't want to. I didn't, I didn't want to at all. Um, but God tells us to honor them. Um, so we did. And in doing that, this whole time, my healing was on the other side of me taking the first step. Really? And it dawned on me one day. I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy that that's, that's what we've been waiting on. 30, 40 years was for me to be the one um, because my dad didn't have it to give. I don't blame him for that. He didn't have it. I did. 
I had it in me, but I was holding it back. He was just doing what he knew. That's all. I don't blame him. Um, but what I want to leave you with, and this hit me as I was laying in bed last night, is that um, my hurt and my anger and pride and stubbornness caused me to build walls to protect me, I thought. Right? I didn't want to let that person in. Why? That'd be stupid. I'm not going to do that again. He keeps failing me. Sometimes you need to put a healthy distance, and that's a whole other story. But in my case, um, those walls that I put up for protection really keep you in bondage to the very feelings you think you're being protected from. Okay? So you can hold on to them things as tight as you can. Darn it, I'm going to protect myself. But... <laughs> That's the very thing that eats a hole in you and prevents you from stepping into that next season of your life that God has for you. And it's awesome. It's out there. It's awesome. Might not always work out how mine did. And we all have our own story. But pray that way. Um, my obedience to help and honor him brought healing, freedom, forgiveness, and ultimately his salvation. And what a gift. What a gift that God gave. I got my last year and a half with my dad. He ended up passing. But I am so completely healed. I don't have that bitterness anymore. I don't even know who I am. I don't joke about him sarcastically. I love my dad. That's such a cool feeling. Um, so I pray that for whoever's struggling, um, like I did, and, and a lot worse than I did probably, um, you're not forgiving them for your sake. You're forgiving them for your sake, not for theirs, for yours. And God commands it. Mm. So Amen. that's all I have. Amen. Denise, thanks for sharing that. I know that uh, it's certainly blessed probably all of us here today. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we sang a song that a writer wrote about you described you as being perfect in all your ways. God, you are a good, good Father, and we're thankful for you. We're thankful for your love. We are thankful for your grace. Lord, we live in an imperfect world, and we are imperfect people. Lord, as our pastor tells us, and we remind each other, we all have issues, and we do. Lord, this thought of Father's Day is not to bring guilt on the family. It's not to make anyone feel inadequate or they should have done more or they wish they'd have done this. But Lord, to rest in what they can do today and what they can do tomorrow and how they can face those things if they look to you. Lord, we are your children once we accept you as our Savior. Just as Denise's dad did and the story at the funeral was so different that day. It was of hope. It was of peace for a life and a soul that has gained eternity with you and of the healing that was brought to this family. Lord, there are a lot of hurts amongst our church family here today. And Lord, I pray that you will renew their strength. I pray that you will heal the hurt that is in their hearts. And Father, may we follow your ultimate example. Cover us in grace. Forgive us where we fail you. 
And God, help us to have that same grace extended to our family members and loved ones that you put in our lives. Help us to be a light in love. Make a difference, Lord, through us. Bless these people in a special way for these things. We ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ben. What a great, great testimony we heard from Denise today, being Father's Day. Uh, we'll touch on that a little more through the message. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to uh, up the New Testament to John, the book of John. And uh, we're going to look at John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for this day that we can call you our Heavenly Father. And Jesus, by your grace, through your Son, Jesus Christ, you're patient with us, you forgive us, and Lord, you bless us when we don't deserve it. Father, we thank you today. Lord, uh, we know there are hearts today that, uh, as Denise said, didn't have the father like many other fathers, that, uh, Lord, you can fill that void and you can heal. Lord, you are the great physician. I pray you'd heal hearts today. I know some you already have through what they've heard. And so, Lord, we look to your word for a few minutes today, and this Father's Day, we will give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we take just a few minutes today. Sometimes, you know, I've learned over the years when you hear God uh, work in a great way and you hear a great testimony, there's no reason to, to go uh, much further than that. So I'm going to just take a few minutes today. I believe God has worked uh, in a great way. But I, I, I want to give you... Uh, in a way, something that's so important that we hear in some churches today that, uh, well, to me, it's, it's not biblical. And so, as we look at the title today, insecurity, what, what is that? Well, we define security really in society as it free from danger, free from war. Uh, you hear the words financial security today, you know, when people can have that. But really, when you think about it, there's not really uh, any time someone can say they have complete security. Uh, it was interesting uh, as you watch the, uh, uh, the, if you watch some of the f uh, basketball finals that, um, you know, two of the greatest athletes in the world both get incredible injuries that are going to take them out for the whole next year. And they're not able to do what they love to do. Do they have all the security in the world financially? Yes. But are they so frustrated and, and have to work so hard to come back? Uh, yes, they will. So there's really no such thing as complete uh, security. But we're going to look at God's word in John in chapter 10, verse 27 in just a minute. But I, I want you to know that there is so much security and God gives us examples uh, you know even in the animal world and even in in our in in our children if you have children day you know uh, we were out at, at the temple this week as I shared last week we were able to go back in and get a lot of the history of the, of the church of my grandfather my father and, and some of you that uh, grew up there and many pictures and history of the Sunday school and all that and we were able to get all the uh, historical artifacts there and so forth 
And, uh, and little Philip, my grandson, as most grandsons can be, uh, was just running all around everywhere. Well, he kept going, and if you ever attended out there, their steps, it seems like they don't stop, you know, and he kept going and going, going. Well, he just ran away from everybody and got lost at the top of the steps. And so he's kind of murmuring out. Of course, all of a sudden, Alexis panics. She realizes he's missing. And uh, so she's yelling his name and he's like murmuring and all of a sudden, you know, she knows his voice. He knows her voice. It's, a, it's amazing how, you know, that you can take thousands of parents and thousands of children and and you can pick out the voice of your child you know it's that it's like that you know we've all seen the documentary on uh, national geographic and yes we see there's thousands of penguins on the ice cap but yes the mom knows right there which one is hers because the way that certain sound comes out you know and they're telling us then it's really if you think about it, it it is really amazing Well, I want you to know today that you are God's child. And he he knows your voice. Listen to John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. That's an intimate term. He knows them in such a way as a child to a parent. And they, what does it say? And they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Security. I want you to know, no matter what is happening in your lifetime, no matter how insecure that you felt as a child growing up, or that you do even as an adult, that you can know that your heavenly Father hears you, knows you. And you know, once you accept Jesus as your Savior, I want to assure you, because there's some religions and there's some people that, I don't know why that they... That, where this comes from, but but they don't teach eternal security. And I never understood that because all of a sudden, you know, you're saved one day and you're you're going down the freeway and someone pulls out in front of you and you curse at them and all of a sudden your car rolls over, you're dead. Do you you die? You don't go to hell? No. I mean, seriously, think about it. You know, you curse, you know, you said something, you do certain things. Well, you know, if if something happens, it's it. Where is that line? What sin is worse enough to where, you know, okay, that was the real bad one. So, you know, uh, because you didn't have a chance to uh, confess that or whatever you might be or get saved again, well, that's it. I believe according to God's word, according to what we read there, once you know Jesus, you accept him as your Savior, your name is in heaven forever. You can't get around that. And I, I don't even argue with people over that. So I want you to know, I want you to feel secure as a believer today if you've prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart that you're going to heaven. All else is, all these things and everything swirling around you, know that you have hope. Know that Jesus hears your voice, even in the midst of grace. What do I mean by that? What I'm saying is that even in the midst of maybe you're in a place where you shouldn't be, 
He is still there. He still loves you. You know, the Lord tells us, what is he going to do? Well, let's look at another verse real quick, and then we're going to look at one more verse. In Philippians chapter 4, he tells us, And my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know what? A lot of times we think of our, as soon as we think of needs, what do we think of? We think of financially and, and you know, okay, that's what we need. But I, I want you to know that I believe the Lord also looks at it this way. Is you know what's needed from, from us, from the Lord, more than just about anything else? It's his grace. It's his grace. You know, because we have things that, that we deal with and, and we're not perfect and we mess up and we do things that we shouldn't do. He's your heavenly father. What are you getting at, Dallas? What I'm getting at I, is I want you to know that, that when you're in certain situations in your life, wherever it might be, don't pull away from him. Know that he's there. Know that he's there to heal you. And no matter how, what you're thinking, what you're going through, through he's going to supply whether it's finances or whether it's grace or whether it's a healing that you need or whether it's something emotional or whether it's something that you need that that you don't think that anyone else knows about he does he does you know it's when I talk a lot of people as they get older in life the thing that they sit down I never thought I would feel this way but I I'm 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 scared of the fact that I never thought I would feel lonely there and I would feel I would be in this place the Lord is there to supply all our needs he is our heavenly father I want to close with this last verse today and it's found for our security just to keep us calm See, when we know his voice and he knows our voice, that's familiar. You remember years ago, you know, I'm going back now when we want to talk about our phones. And uh, the phone used to be to where, uh, like on your cell phones, you know, the name pops up, right? Well, instead of name pop, nothing would pop. It would just be a number. And before that, there would be no number that would pop up, right? It was just the phone was ringing. I know that's foreign to about a third of you that are here today. You're like, well, what was that? I mean, we, again, we we're going out through all my grandfather's things this week in his office. He had one of those old black rotary phones, you know. You don't even know what I'm talking about. You know, you know, you'd put your finger in, you know, and it'd go back. You put you and go back, you know. <laughs> and uh, the kids, grandkids were playing with it. But, you know, the phone was where you didn't have any of that, so... When you picked it up and you heard that voice, you, you didn't say, well, you knew immediately who it was by their voice. There's a calming in that. There's a calming when you recognize the voice of Jesus, who's our Savior and who is our shepherd. What does he say to you? And I don't want to overdo what Denise shared today because it was so powerful. What does he share that can equip us today? That I, one of my goals every week as I'm here is that how can I equip you to go into the week that you go into because we all go into something different. Jesus was getting ready to leave his disciples and he, they were so afraid 
as he was going to the cross. And they kept asking about what would they do? What would they do? And Jesus finally speaks the words. He says, when I leave, I'm going to leave you, me, myself, in the form of the comforter, the Holy Spirit. We have today with us right now, and I always want you to remember and recognize, you are a spiritual being. And when your spirit overtakes everything else in your life, by power. It is the most powerful thing that you possess. And by your spirit, you can overcome anything in this life. Because Jesus, as his word says, is the hope of glory within you. So the Holy Spirit is within you today. So what do I want to leave you with this Father's Day, the security of knowing no matter what you're going through that you might feel unglued or insecure from? Maybe it's your past, your childhood. Maybe it's something that you deal with by not being employed right now. Maybe it's something in your health situation or a breakup of a marriage. I don't know what it might be, but you feel blown apart. I want you to know this is how Jesus equips us. Matter of fact, it was only fitting that as we were out there this week, I, I quoted this over the last few years, but I could never find it. And we were out there this week, and I found one of my grandfather's, actually my father's Bible, which I don't know where it ended up or how, but we found it. And uh, it was... From a father to a son, my grandfather had written this to my father. And he wrote what I'm about to read to you in the book we call the Bible. We call God's Word. And my grandfather wrote these words to my father. He writes at the top of it in his scribbly handwriting, presented to my dear son. He talks about the year he writes my dad's full name in it, and he just says this. Read the first chapter of Joshua daily. Pray morning, noon, and night from dad. Read the first chapter of Joshua daily. From a father to a son, to a heavenly father, to all of us today, the spirit that's within you, the spirit that is within you connects with this and this becomes sharper than any two-edged sword. And when God speaks to you and I, it connects with our spirit. It is his word. It directs us, guides us, and comforts us. Joshua was getting ready to go into a foreign land, a land that was promised, but he was still scared. Think about that. Joshua was a warrior. He had it together. He could fight just about anyone and win in battle. He was looked up to. He was a leader, yet he was afraid. So God comes to 
Joshua. And it's interesting the way he starts out because he said, now my servant Moses is dead. You know, when you have a father like my brother and I did, that you had a wonderful and amazing experience and there is a strength and there is a power. Whether that father was either great or whether that father was either dysfunctional, there is still a power in there that is unbelievable, that cannot be denied. And to know that our heavenly father is that to us and fills that void with whatever that you've experienced or not experienced in this life. Joshua was afraid. He always looked to Moses, and Moses is now dead. He's gone. He's in heaven. So God says these words to him, which I close to you today. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you. That's you and me today, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to you, this people, you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. He says again, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. You know that word means prosper. It not only means success, it means to give you guidance. It means to give you wisdom. You will prosper because I'm with you every step of the way. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may serve to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way. Notice your way, the way that you're going, what God has gifted you, your gifts, your calling, the way you're going in this life. All of us are doing something that that way, when Jesus is with you, will be prosperous, and then you will have good success. We all need that security. We all need it. And on this Father's Day, maybe you might be where Denise was, not is, was. And there was a void. I want you to know today that Jesus fills that void so full and so overflowing 
that it says in the book of John, it's like a rushing river that comes through our spirit into the rest of our life because we trusted him. I don't know your background. I don't know what's happened in your family. But you heard a testimony today that cannot be denied. We all go through those times in this life where we're bitter, we're angry, and we don't understand. But just as Denise did, and it might take years. That's how much the Lord loves you. That's how patient he is with us. He's there helping us all along the way till we see it. And then we get to the place, the bitterness is cracked. Not by us, not by another person, but by us seeing Jesus and what he's done for us. We have to forgive. And when we do that, this whole new life opens up. So I don't know where you're at today. But as I close, I want you to know the security that you need is right here. And it's not about your finances. It's not about where you are in life. It's about a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And he can be called by you today, our heavenly father. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today. This life's not easy. And we're here to help you through whatever it is you go through through the power of the one named Jesus who overcame the cross the devil hell and the grave and shed his perfect blood on that cross and through him once we know him know him as you do today most of you you have experienced the love that's so unbelievable that it fills that void that no other person can it's not possible and Jesus is there to come in and say I know that through this life that you've experienced maybe the father that wasn't there for you. But I want you to know he's just a man. And I'm here to come in as the king of kings and the Lord of lords and to be your heavenly father. See, people go all through life wanting someone else to fill that void. And Jesus says all the time, I'm here. And I will be there for you. And you will hear my voice. And I'll fill you up with my love. And you can forgive. You can go in this way in life. And you can be successful. Father, we thank you 
that Jesus, we know that this life gives hurts and we know that this day brings up those for so many people. But Father, we heard a testimony of healing and of hope today. And Jesus, let us know if there's one here through YouTube, through now that doesn't know you as their Savior. To accept them just the way they are. Father, they will experience your love that's so overflowing that they can't help but break that bitterness and give that love to others because we realize who you are. And Lord, you're patient with us when sometimes it takes time. So Lord, I ask today if there's one here who doesn't know you as their Savior, may they come forward today. May they pray, Jesus, forgive me a sinner and I ask you to Lord, we thank you who you are today and what you've done. We'll never be able to thank you enough. But we can call you Heavenly Father. Through your Son, Jesus, we ask. There's one here today. May they come and pray that prayer today and ask you into their heart. In Jesus' name.